Welcome aboard the BK Escape Pod. That's right, it's the augmented and bionic podcast version of the live show. You can hear Saturdays from 10 a.m. till 12 p.m. Eastern on 100.3 FM and AM 1450 WBHF Radio. You can stream the show live there Saturdays at WBHFradio.org or on the free TuneIn app. Look out, here we go. Stand by to receive our transmission. Well, have we actually taken the computer and turned it off and turned it on or hit the red button where it resets it? Or have we hit the reset button? Because it's the first show of 2021, at least uh, for you and I both today. As far as I'm concerned. As far as I'm concerned. There we go. As far as I'm concerned, you were fiddling with this mic, didn't you? You, was, you did that for me on purpose. I was fiddling like crazy. When I, uh, thought it, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, it's a brand new season. We have no idea good. what Jack Bauer will he find the bomb? I don't know. Well, good. I don't know what storyline's going to be all over this season, but we'll find out which which it is. Let's just hope we have a few of those episodes this season of the lightheartedness. Well, we always have it here. Right. I tried my best to do it in 2020 when this whole thing started back in, wow, was it really back in like kind of, for me it was more in, it was more in March when it kind of really kind of started rolling it in. It became you know? real as we headed, as we went into the uh, St. Paddy's Day weekend. Because we heard, we heard rumblings about it when we were at Universal back in February. We went to February Universal in Orlando and we heard talk about, oh, there's a virus out there. And we don't, we're not really sure about it and things. You know, that was still when we were able to travel and go down there right. and not wear masks or anything. So, and I tried to, and for a long time, you know, we'll, re, we'll recap it here. I had to broadcast from a remote location for you a while. You did. And we actually handled it pretty well, uh, not being able to look deep into each other's eyes to see what we look like, you know, while we're in the studio With together. longing? No. Yeah, we, we're like, well, no. I guess if you want if you want to say that. But uh, we weren't able to engage in person like that to, to gauge either, because we do that. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll say something, and I'll look at your face, and I'll crack up, and you'll crack up, because we couldn't do that. Even though we were on a remote thing, we weren't. We didn't have our cameras on, because we, right. we just didn't do it that way. But I think we're pretty smooth in doing it. And I tried to re- have that, again, that release. That's what I wanted to do for this show, with this show anyway. Use it as a, re- a release pressure valve for things that are going on. If you got things going on in the world, you know, bad coronavirus, financial trouble and stuff, at least turn on and have fun on the radio for yeah. at least two hours and forget all of that. And it's free. You don't have to really pay to listen to me. You might you have to listen to some commercials, <laughs> but that's okay. I mean, that's, that's part of the whole thing. I find myself doing that now. We talked about that. When a movie's on... If I'm flipping around on my home, uh, on my Roku at home that I have now, I'm looking and I'm like, oh, uh, Tombstone is on, or uh, Star Trek The Wrath of Khan, or Superman is on. Why am I watching it? I have it on Blu-ray. I could just go over there and pop a blue. No, I'll just watch it on television because when the commercial comes up, I'll go to the bathroom and go do something in the kitchen and come back. I'm using commercials now kind of as I used them back in the old days. <laughs> First, i got to go do something. You know, you're, you're allowing the break. Okay, hold that on. That is so weird. That was, that was a perfect that. time to go get a refill. But it is good morning, everybody. It is a new year. It's 2021. We'll see uh, if any of those maybe sci-fi things come true. Well, the virus, that was a sci-fi story. <laughs> thing kind of hit us. I hear all these virus things, these virus episodes, especially from these shows. The, the wife is now uh, currently discovering James Spader's show, The Blacklist, and is watching it. She never saw it before. I heard that's good. But it's still on, so she's going to still be watching. She's watching a show that's still going on. So I'm like, originally it's going to catch up, and you're going to get up to the new season and watch it. She was watching one the other day where there was a there was a virus that was released, and I'm like, man, this was back in 2013. This episode <laughs> came out. This is coming well. true. Some weird stuff is happening. And that's always happened in these shows. Some viruses love it. But they, but they fix it within the hour. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, all, it's okay I now. wish they could do that now. We fixed it, yeah. 
But I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're healthy. I'm glad we're still trucking on. You're, you're always depend on me to be here. And as long as they'll have me here, I'll always come in here and flip the switch and have a good time for two hours every day. Some of the stories we've got today are kind of cool. We got uh, we lost a Gilligan's Island cast member this week. So, yes, we did. So 2020 wasn't done with us yet. That's that's what Mrs. B. No, but said, I did see a know. meme today that said, "Thank God 2020 couldn't figure out how to kill Clint Eastwood." <laughs> yeah, or he's or, still with us, or, or Betty White too. I mean, us. come on, yeah. So we got we'll, we'll talk about Don Wells, Marianne, who portrayed Marianne in Gilligan's Island. One of my favorite shows growing up. I I look forward to go home. When I got out of school and turned that TV on and watched Gilligan's Island, Star Trek in the afternoon, all these reruns of these shows in the afternoon, Gilligan's Island Man was one of them. And people don't give it the credit that it's due because it was very. It was another one of those shows where it hit syndication and it took off. Yeah. In reruns, it was great, just like Star Trek. People don't get smart till later. They're like, "We didn't know this show was that great while it was wow. on." I mean, come on. Yeah. That's happened to a lot of shows. They're, Ask a Firefly fan. They're, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> they're fi- they're, don't worry. In twenty years from now, they'll they'll have another movie. The <laughs> director me. Richard Donner. I heard with this. Director Richard Donner, the director of Superman and The Omen and a lot of other films. He uh, he's talking about that the the jury is still out and there's no there's there's still a possibility of a Lethal Weapon sequel. <laughs> We're gonna have what that story I heard it, which was kind of cool. And I know we'll get into it when you get to the official story, but it would be his last directorial. Endeavors, because yes. isn't he ninety? Yes, because if he directs Lethal Weapon Five, which I guess it would be, it'd yeah, be it'd be called, Lethal Weapon Five. Yeah, he's going to be, he he will be directing it as a ninety-one year old, and I'm like, okay, wow, kind of cool. That's I, I don't that's, hear I, mean, I don't hear Josh Whedon complain one more time. I don't hear one more complaint out of that guy. You and I said this when it came out. <laughs> Joss Whedon griping like a child at the end of doing one Marvel movie. The Age of and Ultron Frank, almost killed me, he and said. And then you've got, uh, not Frank Miller, uh, uh, yeah, George Miller. George Miller Mad Max. comes along and says, let me show you a movie. He said, he said, hey, <laughs> old my beer. And I'm 70-something. What was he, 76 when he, he was, did that? Yeah, 75? I, mean, I think he's in his 80s now, but you're right, yeah. And like, and don't, don't, don't come to me, Joss Whedon, complaining about... Marvel was such a hard shoot. I was exhausted. You know what they did? Yeah. They said, okay, you won't be doing another one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what has he done since then? I'm not sure of anything. Maybe he's done something. Not another Marvel is, movie. Uh, but And I would argue people would. He did a good job. I would argue but. that Mad Max Fury Road compared to Age of Ultron, both very challenging technical films to probably direct considering what their subject matter was, the all the intricate effects that both of them had and, and two or three things that they had going on for them. I'm, I'm sitting there going, Mad Max might have been the more difficult project out of those two because of the sheer scope of the on-location stuff they had to do in the middle do of nowhere. Do you want to know crazy about that shoot? <laughs> I would not have wanted to be the editor. They put high-end yeah. GoPros in every vehicle. So every shot. Oh, yeah. How much had, footage you have? Imagine one <laughs> shot and you had 70 vehicles, which means yeah. you had 70 individual points of perspective right. in that shot. And George Miller is not the kind of guy like Stanley Kubrick to linger on a shot for more than a minute and a half or something, much less than that. You but, know, when I but was on crazy. the Mad Max Minute, I think they said there was over 3,000 hours of raw footage to sift through. 3,000! Would that would that be one of the record? I wonder. I have to look that up and see if that's one I don't of the know record of the film. But watching it, how many days of footage? Is that? Want, and you know what? You say that you wouldn't want to be the editor on that film. I, I would. I would say. Would I want to? Would I wanted to be one? That's a wow. hundred and twenty five days would of I, nonstop footage. Would I really wanted to be one of the actors on that film? Because it was a it was a grueling hey, task from what I hear. What's her face had to kind of walk it. back her comments. Oh yeah. Charlize Theron was not happy with how the how grueling the shoot was. And I'm sure it was. I'm 
sure when it came out, grueling thing she ever she's did. She's like, I'll do it again. Maybe you have to go through experience and have it. Now, if the movie bombed, she might have still had a different <laughs> right. story. I mean, <laughs> right. it's all in the success. You know, the things that, True. Look at Jaws. You're only as good as your last picture. You know that? Kid? Yeah. <laughs> That's what they say in Hollywood. Well, we're going to talk about that. Are movie theaters going away? Are they going to stay? What's going on? All this more news. It's a new year. It's 2021. UK on the air. We'll return after these announcements. I can be any kid on the block. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're slugging it out. A left to the jaw. And... Oh, my block is knocked off. But you can press it right back on. It's Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Press this lever. He throws a right. The other a left. Knock his block off. You're the winner. Well, next time. You can Rock'em Sock'em with the Rock'em Sock'em Robots. By Marks. Classic TV fans, Popeye the Sailor was created by L.T. Seeger in 1929 as a comic strip for King Features. Based on its popularity, it then hit movie houses as an animated theatrical short. This began in 1933 when Max Fleischer, famous for his Betty Boop cartoons, adapted Popeye's characters to the big screen for Paramount Pictures. In 1942, the productions ended with Fleischer, but continued on at Paramount's own famous studios until 1957. That same year, the shorts began to air on television, and not surprisingly, they were a huge hit. Although King Features owned the print rights to Popeye, they weren't able to earn anything from the television syndication of the theatrical episodes. Once they realized Popeye's small screen appeal, they immediately commissioned a new made-for-TV version. Popeye the Sailor, the TV cartoon, ran from 1960 to 63 for 220 episodes, and rehiring the original voice cast made for a very smooth transition. Jack Mercer was the voice of Popeye. He was also an animator and writer who had actually wrote a few of the episodes for Popeye, as well as Deputy Dog and Milton the Monster. And now for a touch of sinister sauce. Jack's wife, Margie Hines, actually voiced Olive Oil from 1939 to 44, but perhaps the most recognizable voice of Olive was Mae Questel, a.k.a. the voice of Betty Boop. Jackson Beck played Brutus. With many voiceover credits, to me, his most interesting dubbing role was as the judge reading off the many charges to the impatient and about-to-be-hung Tuco in the classic spaghetti western The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. The legendary Charles Schultz once said he thought Popeye was the perfect comic strip. In 2004, the Empire State Building illuminated to the green color of spinach in honor of Popeye's 75th anniversary. This is Pat McCormick with your retro TV trivia from the Golden Rage of TV. You can also find me on YouTube and Facebook at Golden Rage of TV and on Twitter at Golden Rage of TV One. And now back to BK on the air. Thank you, Pat, for that trip into the Golden Rage of, of TV. Oh, if only your troubles could be solved. 
And they kind of are. They kind of got it right in Popeye. If only my troubles could be solved just by <laughs> popping out a can of spinach, <laughs> squeezing it, making the spinach go up into the air and loop back down into my mouth all in one gulp, and I'm ready to go and ready to fight. Well, you know what? It kind of is true. I, I think if you look at it from a, from an adult point of view, you're like, eat your vegetables. If spinach is one of them, that's great. Eat properly and, and, and do the right thing. And if you eat those things, you can be strong yes. and do things. So I, I kind of think it was a great way to show kids, hey – eat spinach even though i still hated it we all probably have little moments of memories when we were very young not obviously a continuum as we as we get older memories are more cohesive i will never forget the two words i could not pronounce when i was real little i couldn't pronounce lightning i would call it lightning lightning i couldn't couldn't change the two syllables and and popeye was the other one i would always say pie pie i couldn't say pop (laughs) i like the the syllable change the consonant i couldn't do it and i remember I was at, I think, one of my mom's friend's houses, and it was on, and they were just saying, well, just say pop. I was like, okay, yeah. pop. Now, just say I. I could say I. Now, just say it slowly. Go yeah. pop, I. Don't try to say Popeye, <laughs> because you're going to say pie pie. Make it two words. And I did, and I was so happy, and it's a memory that <laughs> right, to yeah. this day, I'm like, I Popeye. said Popeye. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't take much. When you're three, it doesn't take the a whole lot. The little triumphs are good, aren't they? <laughs> Mine was, li- mine was library. I said library. 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 That's, that's popular. And, and Stacy's daughter would say she was she was doing gymnastics for a while in school, really at a young age. And it, for her, it was like, I'm going to gymagics today. Gymagics. <laughs> so all these words are so funny to hear kids pronounce them sometimes. My kids had a hard time with spaghetti. It was pischetti. They would put, yeah, they, that's a they, great they'd one, reverse though, yeah. it. It was a pischetti. I'm like, it's spa. And uh, even though we're on radio, we still have problems with words, even on the radio. Sometimes. How many times do I put the first part of one word and the second part of another word because they both hit my brain it's, at the exact same great. time? It's and great, I invent though. a completely new. It's like my own it's version great. of Sniglets. <laughs> Remember those? Great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we said goodbye. 2020 has still had us by the throats there at the end. Uh, and we said goodbye, some of us did, to a, a beloved actress that I grew up watching on television. Oh, Mr. Howell, Mrs. Howell. Oh, come in, child. Oh, You've got to help. It's Gilligan Skipper and the professor. They've gone island happy. Oh, you've got to help me, please. Let's just discuss this calmly, my dear. Oh, you girls have got to hide. In the closet, under a bed, in a trunk. Oh, please, Mr. Howell, hurry. What's wrong with you, Marianne? Oh, it's not me. It's them. Them? Oh, yes. You see, I was sewing on a dress, and Gilligan came in, and he thought he was Charles Boyer. Oh, good for him. When the Skipper came in, and he thought he was Matt Dillon, and he had a fight with Cary Grant. What a parley. Next time you have a dream like that, send for me. But it was my dream, Ginger. They're just trying to make an impression on you, darling. Oh, they impress me, all right. They impress me right out of my wits. Well, you'd better get right back there. Without feminine influence, there's no telling what they might do to each other. Oh. A little clip from Gilligan's Island there. Don Wells passed away this uh, last week. And I was kind of sad when I heard about it because I she was planning on some things. She had some things planned. Uh, on a new television thing that she was working on that I that I noticed and she'd been she was very active on social media as well as Facebook and other other Well you did a story not to to, not a few weeks and ago about her just being happy with her fans and thankful yeah, for them she's and she's one of those that very approachable yes. about that but i got the official story here from the ap by lynn elber and it, it gets into more detail don wells who played the wholesome marianne along with a misfit band of shipwrecked castaways in the 1960s sitcom gilligan's island which you heard a clip from there died wednesday 
of causes related to COVID-19, her publicist said. She was 82 years old. Wells died peacefully at a residential facility in Los Angeles, publicist Harlan Bowl said. Quote, there is so much more to Dawn Wells than the Gilligan's Island character that brought her fame, he said in a statement. Besides TV, film, and stage acting credits, her other real-life roles included teacher, motivational speaker, and conservationist. Tina Louise, who's 86, who plays Ginger, who is the last surviving member of the cast now at this point. Tina Louise said, I will always remember her kindness to me. We uh, shared in creating a cultural landmark that has continued to bring comfort and smiles to people during this difficult time. I hope that people remember her the way I do, always with a smile on her face, unquote. Dawn Wells, a native of Reno, Nevada, represented her state in the 1959 Miss America pageant and quickly pivoted Mm. to an acting career. Her early TV roles were on TV shows like 77 Sunset Strip, Maverick with James Garner, and Bonanza. Then came Gilligan's Island, a goofy, good-natured comedy that aired from 1964 to 1967 that became an unlikely but indelible part of pop culture. That's what blows people's minds they think that star trek and gilligan's island ran for a much longer time than only you know like three years three seasons and i'm like no you just remember it was on all the time in the 70s in syndication in the 80s now wells comely but innocent marianne complimented tina louise's worldly ginger and both became uh, innocuous 60s tv versions of sex symbols you either came you know it was like it was all it was all always the question ginger or marianne ginger or marianne what's wrong with mrs howell a what's little wrong older with now all three of them <laughs> But it's it was now well she doesn't docu- seem as old. <laughs> as adults, we chose Mrs. Howe because of the dough. Would uh, she still have it though? If she left Mr. Howe, probably she'd get half of it. Uh, she, it was it was well documented that Don Wells got the most fan mail on the show, which is understandably so. Really? Than anybody else. Wells' wardrobe included a, a gingham dress and shorts that modestly covered her belly button with both costumes on display in the Los Angeles Hollywood Museum. That was a thing in the 60s. Belly buttons were a no-no in the 60s on television. Producers would not let them get away with that. Every now and then, Jeannie... On TV. It would sneak away on TV, yeah. yeah. But not movies, because uh, you had movies, all the beach yeah. movies, which is oh, weird. Oh, yeah. That's, but yeah, they did. They just snuck a belly button in every now and then. They just couldn't do anything about but it. But Marianne always would wear her shirt like tied. She would never... Yeah. It wasn't tucked or the, in. Or the little cutoffs that were right. kind of low cutoffs, too. I guess I never noticed that you didn't see the belly button, because you saw stomach. Yeah, but it was just right above that... Uh, mm-hmm. Now, the, the, in the making of a book, if you ever read it, it's a great book by the Shorewood Schwartz and some of the producers. It snuck into some, you can see it in some of the shots. They they just it got, it got in there. I guess it can't no be pronounced can right now. TV movie spinoffs from the series included 1978's Rescue from Gilligan's Island on NBC. But Wells also moved on to other TV roles and films, including the 2002 vacuum cleaner salesman comedy Super Sucker with Jeff Daniels. She starred on a stage in dozens of plays, including Chapter Two and The Odd Couple. In 2013, she was honored for her work with a Tennessee-based refuge, The Elephant. Sanctuary in 2013. And to mark the 50th anniversary of Gilligan's Island, Dawn wrote A Guide to Life What Would Marianne Do? <laughs> With observations about her character and cultural changes. WWMD. Yeah. <laughs> While she was stranded. Sounds like a, you're asking a doctor what he would do. Two years ago, a friend launched a GoFundMe drive to help cover medical and other costs for Wells. She was going to some, through some bad times, although, although she protested she didn't need the assistance. She did end up acknowledging her need and accepted more than $180,000 in donations through GoFundMe. She recounted musing to him, where did the time go? I don't know how this happened. I thought I was taking all the proper steps to ensure my golden years. Now here I am, no family, no husband, no kids, and no money. Oh. Wells added in a post that she was grateful to her supportive fans and that her outlook remained positive at that time. So, Well, that's the wow. thing. I know COVID was 
got the headline, but she'd been battling illness for a couple of years. And when you're yeah. older and you've already got significant health issues, oh, yeah, it's hit, it, it could it have been hard. anything that hit her. The yeah. fact that it's COVID sucks because that's what everybody was talking about. But the yeah. fact that she brought so much joy, I mean, she's got a legacy that will still live well beyond oh, yeah. her. For, for, like crazy. And she was in this, uh, there's a there's a movie out there called the, uh, Surviving Gilligan's Island. It's a docu-film they did. And her, her and Russell Johnson, who played the professor, and Bob Denver, who played Gilligan, who both of them have since passed, but they were all still around at the time. This was made, I think, in the late 90s, I think. They talk about it's a film where they'll they're narrating the movie, but it's one of those made for this is how the show was made movie. Then then they cut to scenes set in the sixties when they were trying to put the show together. Mm-hmm. And we had actors portraying them behind the scenes, and you find out all the <laughs> stuff that went on behind the scenes on this show. I need to check that and out. It's really good. I don't know if it's available streaming, but I got it on DVD if you ever want to watch it. It's really great. And uh, it's from a book he wrote. It's kinda like the Brady Bunch movie they did with Barry Williams the same way. It's a docufilm about the making of. I love making ofs like that, even if it shows that I didn't watch, but they were on in the time. The making of, to me, are more is, is just more interesting than the show is sometimes. But she said she was in, I don't know if it's Fiji or some remote area somewhere where there were natives and she was doing some humanitarian work and, and went out in the middle of nowhere in the jungle somewhere and encountered some folks living, you know, in huts, you know, in a primitive primitive tribe. And the one woman looked at her and her eyes lit up from, from one of the villages. And she just looked at her and couldn't, you know, couldn't speak English. But she looked right at Don Wells and she went, Marianne? That's a testament to longevity wow. and knowing that or reach someone in a in a remote village knows the character you played on that tv show somehow it reached them and they've seen it on the tv it's bk on there sit back we'll have a little tour when we come back <laughs> what makes people all over america break down and cry like this Call 1-900-9099-CRY and hear it for yourself. $2 for the first minute, 45 cents each additional minute. If you're under 18, ask your parents before you call. 1-900-9099-CRY. I'm Earl Scheib. I'll paint any car for just $99.95. This week only, you'll get polyurethane additive free. A $19.95 value absolutely free. With polyurethane, your paint job will have an extra hard glass-like finish and added durability. Your paint job will be guaranteed not to fade for four full years. Remember, free polyurethane this week only at Earl Shines. Right. I'll paint any car for just $99.95. And the fun conversation <laughs> continues here as we're off the air talking about stuff. Got a call off the air, too, that uh, someone liked. Um, was talking, we were talking about James Spader early today on the Blacklist on Allen's show, and that kind of bleeded over, and someone called off the air and said uh, they loved uh, Boston Legal with James Spader. And James Spader is a good – he's really turned into – he's turned his career around. He turned. He started out as that teen actor and things. I remember – I think the first thing, that big thing I saw him in was a Stargate with Kurt Russell. You know, He was that bumbling oh, yeah. scientist, you know, and he hadn't lost his hair yet. I can't help but my wife's discovered the blacklist and she's watching it now, catching up on it from the from the very first. He sounds a lot like Ultron. I know, and and I and I'm like, that's who I and I know he was that later, but that's what I hear when I when he opens his mouth. Now I hear Ultron talking because he has a very intimidating voice when he talks, and that's why they chose him mm-hmm. as Ultron. So that's what I. Thanks for that uh, caller calling off the air. Was appreciate you listening to the program. Uh, but now now it's time that we uh, flash the audience to the news, the weird, the strange, and the bizarre, and it's the first news flash of the new year of 2021. So we got some doozies in here. I got the first news. 
from UPI. This was ridiculous. I don't know whether you heard. You might have heard of this. A New York State man filed a class action lawsuit against the makers of King's Hawaiian Sweet Rolls, alleging the company misled him into believing the California-manufactured sweet rolls are made in Hawaii. No, I hadn't, but I believe it. <laughs> and, and by the way, I love those things. They're so good. I, I just thought that was the f- name of, so the, of the role. That's kind of what I thought, too. I'm with you there. but That'd be like saying, obviously. oh, you mean Wonder Bread doesn't lead you to, to imagine? Or make you wonderful? <laughs> Robert Galinsky of Yonkers said in his Idiot. lawsuit against King's Hawaiian that Where's the, the, cow packaging, cow the packaging <laughs> prominently features Hilo Hawaii on the front, but the back reveals they're actually made in Torrance, California. Where? Torrance, California. And he realized it. What? Galinsky said the packaging misled him into purchasing the product, believing the rolls to be made in Hawaii. The lawsuit states the company is is the leading seller of Hawaiian rolls, essentially invented this category of food, and cites incidents of the company taking legal action against other manufacturers for using the phrase Hawaiian rolls in marketing. The King's Hawaiian website says the rolls were created by Robert Tierra, in the 1950s when he opened Robert's Bakery in Hilo. The company was renamed to King's Bakery when it later expanded to Honolulu, and the business eventually closed Torrance. King's Hawaiian has yet to publicly respond to the lawsuit. Okay, let me ask this then. Just forget everything else. Did it hinder your enjoyment of the role knowing that it wasn't made in Hawaii? Was there a problem there? No. That's just. I mean, come on. That's somebody just looking what? for a paycheck. He's wanting some dough, man. He, yeah, talk and about dough. We don't dough. mean bread. Right. Obviously well, we mean not bread. bread. <laughs> kind of bread. 770-386-1450 is our number. Somebody's calling in right now. Hey, it's BK on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is BR again, BK. How you doing, buddy? Hey, good. Good to have you back. What's going on? Uh, well, you know, you're talking about that, uh, this frivolous lawsuit. You remember when the, all these things started with when the lady, and I believe it was in Texas, uh, was at McDonald's, yep. and her hot coffee burnt her wrist. And McDonald's, the corporation, they'll give her a couple million dollars. Oh, yeah, I remember that that's well. When yeah. all, and that's when all this frivolous lawsuits come from. I mean, yeah. when well, did we become so litigious over stupid? They are fr- <laughs> they are frivolous, and, and, any, and anybody that does that and wins anything or, 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 or they come down in their favor or anything, anyone that does the old, oh, I was... I was uh, w- walking around uh, a neighbor's house and uh, or walking on some property, and I, I tripped o- on a rock, and it was my own stupid fault. But I think I'll sue them anyway and get like a million dollars. That makes us pay more. Yes. That makes every that hurts every one of us, and you know that as well Absolutely. as I do. Absolutely, yeah. and you know a lot of the people say, "Well, uh, well, it's the insurance companies paid." Well, that's those premiums are going right. up. Exactly across. The board. I hate them. Uh, ambulance chasing lawyers and stuff like that. I hate stuff like that. It really gets on my nerves. Now, now, if something happens and you got a legitimate thing, there are lawsuits that are justified. I right. do realize that. But some of them are just like, Absolutely. you're really you're suing me for that? Really? Come yeah. on. Thanks, buddy. Good to hear from you. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Yeah. Uh, I was going to quote the McDonald's one. She, he's, but you know what? There is a phenomenon now in juries. Even if the jury feels like the person didn't deserve the money. Right. They just want to hurt the company because right. they have enough money. And guess what? I experienced that firsthand at the at the very beginning of last year of 2020 because I served on my first jury trial. I served on a jury in Cobb County last year in the, in the beginning of the year. And we were all trying to be sensible. It was an accident case, and the lady was at fault. She admitted fault, was charged fault about hitting this guy. She didn't even see him in a red light. She plowed right into the back of him doing about 
fifty mm-hmm. miles an hour. That's that's a smack. And he, you know, supposedly got hurt. You know, we understand that. But then it was our it was uh, that was already cut and dry. It was only our responsibility to decide what his damages were. That's what we were there for. Mm-hmm. And we had people in there that want to go. I want to give him a million dollars. I want to give him a billion dollars because we're back deliberating. And I'm like, we that's not going to happen. We can't do that. That's mm-hmm. not realistic. Let's think about what he makes a year, his yearly salary, what he spent in medical. But I was we were some of half was trying to be sensible. The other half was trying to give him the lottery winnings that he's right. been looking for his whole life. And we come down on a compromise somewhere in the middle and to me it was still much more than than we should than we should have than we should have been awarded. So that happens all the time. Yep. And, and that's we, why we pay the price for that. We and the lawyers it. that support those Oh, they got a huge They know they get 40% of they it. They do. For, uh, 40 Yeah, it is 40. So they want they want to hit the, the biggest, biggest settlement thing possible. possible. That's why you see all those commercials. So anyway, and don't get me wrong, there are legitimate No, there's cases. very legit I know that, things that you can do, but there's too there's too many frivolous ones. He's right about that. So uh, that's, All right. that, that dovetails right into that. So, yeah. All right. Well, guess what? I've got the next news. And flash is, me, baby. I'll flash you. 2021. Why Excuse not? Excuse me while I whip this out. Oh. Uh, a New Mexico couple who thought a pair of old dining chairs had been stolen from outside their home returned from a weekend trip to find the thief had returned the chairs with a fresh coat of paint and new upholstery. This is our feel-good 2021 New Year's story. That's well, let's great. continue. I'm intrigued. University of New Mexico student Conrad Duran said he spotted the two chairs left at the side of the curb on Christmas Eve and decided to take them home to try to fix them up for use inside the Albuquerque home he shares with his girlfriend, Andrea. Duran said he was dismayed to return home from his double shift to find the chairs had been stolen. Duran said he and Andrea were shocked when they were returned from when they returned from visiting family during the weekend to find the chairs had also returned to their porch with a new coat of paint oh, and new upholstery. See, it is nice. Duran said there was an anonymous note on one of the chairs about doing good for others. Another case of suspected theft was unexpected. Uh, make sure I'm not reading. No, no, this is not. This is actually another incident, which is actually another. Oh, good okay. News. So yeah. it continues on. Another yeah. case of suspected theft had unexpectedly a happy ending earlier this month when Tommy Cook of Virginia was reunited with his long lost 1969 Camaro. Cook said the Camaro was stolen from his auto repair lot in Woodbridge back in 2003, and there were no developments in the investigation until Cook himself spotted the car in a Maryland auto shop while looking over another Camaro a friend had considered for purchase. Cook said the car is in better shape now than it was when it was stolen, and now even has an engine. <laughs> what? What? A couple of feel-good stories for 2021? Everything is awesome. Let's start out the year like that. And I know that I know that fate and things going on in history and and things that are going on in our in our lives, you can joke about it all you want. It, it, they, it doesn't know time doesn't know when it is. Everybody's like, well, as soon as twenty twenty one hits, everything's going to be okay. Well, we don't know that for no. sure because fate doesn't know what the calendar says. I'm going to no, but I like those. I like yeah. both those stories. I like somebody who's like, you know what? I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna fix those up for them. Maybe they thought young couples starting out needing yeah. a little hand up. That's I'm gonna, awesome. I'm going to choose to believe that, 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 that hopefully there is kind of a reset button. It might take a little while for it to kind of right uh, right the boat and, uh, and you know you know when you turn you know when you turn a rudder the bigger the ship is it'll start turning but it's slow. Yeah. It's a slow turn. But once you start turning one it's hard to turn it back. So if we turn toward the good stuff now it's going to be hard to turn back toward the bad. So that's what I'm going to look at. 
2021 being. We'll continue the flash the audience. We're going to come up on a break here in a minute, but I do have something here. What is the one story that I was going to talk about today along with all of this other stuff that I got that I'm never going to get to? Oh, eight favorite foods that uh, first appeared in 1981, which now 1981 was 40 years ago. 40 years is now 1981. I'm giving you Clyde. That means... <laughs> oh, if only we had a webcam on. That meant, that meant when you were in the theater and saw Raiders of the Lost Ark for the first time, it was 40 years ago. It was 40 years the ago. Raiders will be 40 years ago, 40 years old this year. Well, last year, Empire Strikes Back was 40 years See, old. See, yeah, it, just, it, it does that. It's a new year. Now we're in 2021, so everything in 81. So we're going to have some of the foods and stuff that came out in 81. But we'll flash the audience of no more weird stories when we come back. Have you ever tried calling one of those phone lines you see advertised on TV? You never know who's going to be on the other end. Hey, Ma, can I borrow the Harley? Hurry back. It's bingo night. <laughs> I haven't felt good in years. Ugh, germs. Ugh. Kids? Nah, I hate kids. Oh, you got two of them. I love them. <laughs> Don't you really want to talk to those people? My friends and I call 976-HOTT. It's Atlanta's hottest new teen party line. You better pray to the god of skinny punks that this wind doesn't pick up, because I'll come over there and jam an oar up your Oh yeah! Don't get us start. Don't get us to start talking about food before we go to a break, because we'll take up the whole well, break talking about food. It's that point in the morning, I'm hungry. We can get it. Yeah, uh, I've been up for too. a while. I think you and I've only had a cup of coffee this morning. That's all we've had so far. That's all I've had. I well, I've had two. Saturday's weird because sometimes I'll get something on the way to the studio, and sometimes I'm like, no, nah, I'm gonna. I'll save that. I'll save that for lunch. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll maybe eat a. I'll, I'll have a little container by. Uh, I got some great cottage cheese for breakfast with pineapple in it, which is good. And I, I had just a little tiny serving of that this morning with a cup of coffee. So I'm like, I'll have a nice lunch today. That's mm. what I'll do. So, uh, see, now I'm getting yeah, hungry. I, I already told you, I'm, I'm, I'm working on news in between these breaks because I'm ready to go. I'm. I, this is sort of like my last hurrah of vacation time. I say vacation. I was off right. yesterday. So today it feels like it's weird. I keep. I kept thinking yesterday was right. Sunday. Right. Because I'm yeah. sitting there going, I'm watching football. I'm watching college football. I'm playing around on the computer. It feels oh, sorry, like automatic. Sorry. Well, <laughs> it was college. At yeah, least. it's okay. It's right. They weren't. They weren't talking about you know taking knees and stuff. Right. So uh, I just it felt weird. And then like, oh wait, no, today's Saturday. So it feels like I've got a whole weekend ahead of me. You got another Christmas gift. You didn't I know do. About it. it was all Thank wrapped you. up. I got the next news. We're still flashing the audience here. This is from UPI. An Australian man who was thrown off his boat by a strong wave was brought back safely to shore after swimming a half a mile. Swimming. I mean, walking a half a mile for some people is a challenge. He (laughs) swam a half a mile to a water beacon and waited three hours for rescue. Now, this is not one of those buoys like in Jaws that Chrissy's holding on to at the the beginning of the movie where where the shark grabs her. This is what I saw the photo of this online this is in australia this is one of those uh water beacons it actually is it's a giant metal it's almost like a a radio antenna that stretches all the way to the bottom of the ocean and just sticks out of the top with a light on it so he's actually up there on it it's pretty sturdy so he's actually pretty lucky that's what those look like david simpson 64 said he was on his boat off the coast of calundra queensland when he was knocked into the water by a huge wave while trying to secure the rope 
uh, securing the vehicle's dinghy. Simpson said his uh, his boat, which had his dog on board, sped off with its motor still running. The sailor swam about half a mile to a water beacon and waited for a large enough wave to push him high enough to reach the beacon's ladder. Simpson's boat was found by another boater who discovered the vessel was occupied only by Simpson's dog and alerted <laughs> That's authorities. That's great that it was found, though. The boat ran aground, and the dog, Mitch, was rescued by surf life-saving Queensland personnel. Simpson was spotted by a rescue helicopter after about three hours of trying to flag down other boats. He said he took off his shorts to use them as a flag, but was unable to get any attention until the helicopter showed up. Quote, Maybe that's why nobody stopped, because I was naked, he said. Rescuers <laughs> said Simpson was found about 1.6 miles away from his vessel. So his vessel had floated away another half a mile or over. Maybe he should have swam that direction. And so <laughs> to do it. Could have caught it. But I couldn't imagine that being the reason. Hey, there's a guy over there on a Hey, a there's marker. a guy pole dancing in the middle of yeah, the ocean without any should clothes we on. Go pick him up. No, he's he obviously he's a weirdo. He just likes dancing out here on one of the. Uh, oh, it's a maintenance guy. He's supposed to be out there. Not that <laughs> but, you justify no, that. But naked, so yeah. maybe he's bored. <laughs> they do it right. <laughs> Somebody goes uh, like abandoned at sea. Fosters, like he's doing it the Fosters way. <laughs> or he's like, yeah, uh, you're naked. We'll pick you up. But we saw your dinghy back here, and it was had to, had the dog the, on it. He's like, dinghy don't say dinghy too. when I'm naked. Don't say that. It's got nothing to do with dinghy it. Both places. Sorry. But I'm with you. I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm glad he's got rescued. You and I are both like, yeah, the dog got rescued, dog. too. That's I was great. more worried about the dog. We're such dog people. It's great. I've got the last news. <laughs> I am. I am such a dog person. What? The last news? Oh, hey. Well, it's 2021. They're not giving us any leeway. They're happy that it's over. Well, unidentified, an unidentified flying man. Okay. I'm, I'm, this is not saucer, aircraft, object. It's a UFM? It's a UFM. <laughs> okay. Unidentified flying man in yeah. Los Angeles has finally been caught on video. It's the Rocketeer guy, yeah. 3,000 feet above Palo Verde uh, near Catalina Island with a jetpack. Uh, We've had now, stories in the past of him getting people yeah, seeing this the guy. The mystery aeronaut has been spotted at least twice before in the summer and fall, but now there's video posted to Instagram account of the Sling, Sling Pilot Academy, a local aviation school. The video, which the school said one of its flight instructors recorded Monday, appears to show a solitary man sailing through the sky above the water off the California coast. Although the figure does look like a person in some kind of suit, the school said it wasn't 100% sure, certain that the flyer was indeed the mystery sky intruder. Local police, the FBI and FAA, or Federal Aviation Administration, has announced an investigation since early September after an August spotting of a suspected jetpack traveler 3,000 feet off the ground near Los Angeles International Airport. Two separate airline crews had reported sightings, but there was no video at the time. Another airline crew spotted a sighting in mid-October, this time at 6,000 feet. <laughs> yeah, the Rocketeer, the Rocket Who. There's your news flashes for today. It's BK on there's first show of 2021 George Harrison's Cheer Down produced and co-written by Jeff Lynn there uh, from Lethal Weapon 2 I play that because James White has a story from Empire Magazine Alan had already heard about this and I, I think I'd forwarded it on a couple of social media outlets Richard Donner the director of the Lethal Weapon series says he's still on to direct Lethal Weapon 5 I forgot I forgot 4 somehow I'd forgotten all about 4 I thought this was going to be 4 but I think a lot of people forgot 4 I think it wasn't that the one of the better ones out of the 
for it wasn't it horrible. It was still a lethal weapon yeah. movie. It wasn't horrible. But I it liked wasn't too I liked three when they added Rene Russo, but four right. they tried to do something maybe a little more hip and different and it didn't work so well. The idea of a fifth lethal weapon movie is something that keeps being brought up, largely existing as chatter from the cast and those who made the previous films, but never quite making it close. To reality, according to director Richard Donner, who oversaw all four previous entries, he's confirmed that he's still ready, willing, and able to shoot the fifth. Now, Donner seemed positive about the idea. Now, the article writes this, despite such hurdles as the problematic position of Mel Gibson. I, don't, I think I know what that means, but I think that's kind of dumb. Is it still that? Like, I mean, they, some people just are never forgiven, huh? Not Apologize for all I that. Moved he, on. He was been I, in several movies since then. You know, I've allowed him to the move continuing on. global pandemic is the other thing holding them back, and the age of all involved, including the director, with Donner, Richard Donner, likely to be ninety-one years old when he shouts action on the set for the first time for this film. He says, "This is the final one." This is what Donner said in an interview. It's both my privilege and duty to put it t- to bed. It's exciting, actually, if I get t- the chance to do this, unquote, he says. Now, producer Dan Lin said last January that the progress on the new movie was closer than ever, and Donner's comments mark the latest statement from someone directly involved that it's still a go- uh, going concern. Still, it remains a wait-and-see pr- proposition at this point. All that from Empire Magazine. Empire.com, online.com, is not a frivolous outfit. They report things, and it's usually true. Are we ready for another lethal weapon? Much buzz we can get going and see if the buzz takes off. And hey, all they have delayed. to do is say, we'll go straight to the small screen. They'll probably well, get it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> their, their other option is to make it a Netflix movie. Yeah. Because, again, that's the way we're going. And we might hit touch on all of that that's going on in the, in the later on the broadcast today. Because we were talking earlier this morning about how... This might, and I hate to even admit this as a possibility, it might, we might be seeing the end of in-theater motion picture cinemas as, a, as an experience for seeing a film for the first time. And I hate that, that that might be happening. It's not etched in stone that it's going to happen yet, but it's certainly not helping when you have movie uh, studios kind of cutting the throats of, of people like Warner Brothers by saying we're going to, really, and we've talked about it before, releasing a movie on cable on HBO and in the theater at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, what did, what are most people going to do? Some, most people are going to do the easy thing and watch it on my big screen at right. home. Why do I want to go to the stinky theater I, with a bunch of people that are sick exactly. and watch the movie? That's uh, that's the, that is the time you only release it in theater to try to get people back in there and jump start this thing like a dead battery hooking up jumper cables to a battery and jump this thing off and give it some you help. Know, but it's going to be sad if we say goodbye to the It's theater. crazy. I know I read a story that said $160 billion in losses to the Hollywood industry, like the movie industry in 2020. That's a huge chunk of change. It's a lot of money. And even combined together, that's a huge chunk of change. And that was considering they still had Netflix, they still had Disney Plus. Yeah. People, Things were still being shot and delivered to the small screen, but as far as like the overall entertainment, the movie industry massive loss i feel sorry for the guy who's who's the manager of that movie theater though and granted he may be working for a big corporation i don't know like uh ncg or or amc or regal but how many of our franchisees but yeah but i'm like it's their own money i feel sorry because he's all those people are going to be out of a job there's more on the unemployment line i that's going to hurt i worry we talked about it kind of like is this a sign but i'm telling you the more we go forward and I feel like going to the movies is is running its course, and I hate that. And and we're like, is there? I hope I'm be, wrong. Is there going to be a resurgence of the drive-in theater? I mean, it would be nice if, if something could fill that void, and something might. And let's let's. 
put it this way. I don't think all theaters are going to close. Some of it will be more of a novelty. There might be, you'll go down from like maybe thousands of theaters down to maybe just a handful just right. being open and showing stuff. Hey, you want to go to the theater? Uh, there's one well, open. Well, if you're one of the last survivors, you're the only gig in town. You can right. maybe survive because people are willing to drive an hour now. Because everybody will be coming to, to, to that to central movie. location to see it. And you may not run but it for eight weeks. You might I, run it for two weeks only. You know, the question something. I have with the drive-ins, you know, what happens to the 16 movies showing at the Googleplex, whatever? Now right. you can only show a couple of movies. So are you going to just run the first run movies maybe four or five days and switch them out? Switch them out. Or do you out. only hit just those ones you think are going to sell and all the smaller and more artsy films go to the wayside? I'm going to run the Marvel Comics movie. I'm not running that little romantic comedy because I know it's not going to make me anything. And they're really wanting dollars. So it's still affecting the else. industry. It's an uncertain future, but we'll keep you updated here at Speaking on the Air. We'll be back. The following motion picture has been rated PG by the Motion Picture Association of America as it deals with mature subject matter and may contain strong language, nudity, or scenes of violence. Parental guidance is suggested. Stand by to receive our transmission. Happy New Year, everybody. The first show of 2021. We roll on with another hour to go. It's BK on the air here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM. WBHF. I'm in the studio as I am every Saturday. Alan Shakespeare is in here with me. We're having a good time. It's time. He comes in here and, and uh, after doing the news and things like that and being all serious about stuff, and he lets his <laughs> hair down. He takes his cap off and his hair falls out. And oh, yeah. Falls. He's, got that eight, he's got that 80s rock band hair. I do. <laughs> <still>. My <laughs> wife was like, would you, would you just get a big boy haircut? and like... I've had it short before. I never, I've never I, liked it short. I want to tell. I you, was in the navy, you know. <laughs> I want to tell these aging rockers so badly. Sometimes I'm like, okay, you're 80 years old now. The long hair where you have none up front is really not working. It well, thankfully, terrible. I do have hair up front. It looks terrible. Yeah. Am I, am I, uh, yeah. But your beard doesn't yeah. count, though. Oh, stop! <laughs> on, your, on your face. No, I have. <laughs> I'm still blessed. I still have a good amount of hair. I love it. You do hey, too. You've got, I've got, a, you've got, got a thick I've still head got locks of hair, which is which is always great. I, I I thank my mom's side of the family for that, not your dad. So that right. must be it the comes gene from that, your mom. that helps. So I do have that. I've lost other things with age, but I'm not going to get into it on there. What I have <laughs> lost, that's nobody's business but mine. Maybe when I get older and don't care about what I say, I'll just say, hey, yeah, here's what I'm We're I almost there. <laughs> Let's, uh, yeah. Have you heard our content of late? Filter around here. <laughs> Let's do on this day in history. Today is January the 2nd. It's the day after New Year's Day, which is today. 1788. Here's a local thing for us. In 1788, on this day, Georgia is the fourth state to ratify the U.S. Constitution on this day. 233 years old. 1788. And in 1839, on this date, January 2nd in history, the first photo of the moon by French photographer Louis Daguerre is taken. That's kind of a milestone, an astronomy picture there. Hmm. 1906, Willis Carrier receives a U.S. patent for the world's first what? In 1906. On January 2nd. His name kind of gives you a hint. Air conditioning. Air conditioner. The air conditioner. He received the first patent for one. That's and thank wild. goodness for that. 1906? Because growing up in the southeast the way I did with the humidity, I, I may have grew up here in this area of the U.S., but I never got used to it being so sweltering hot Ugh. in the summertime. I hated it. Every year it came around. We went out and played, but it was still still melted you. Alan Hale Jr., we talked about Marianne. 
Don Wells passing away this week. We had the story earlier. Today is the date that he died in 1990, Alan Hale Jr. Put Jr. at the end of his name because his dad, Alan Hale, was a prolific actor before him, which acted in a lot of things with uh, Laurel and Hardy. His dad did a lot of films with Errol Flynn. He was usually his sidekick. Mm. And Alan Hale grew up in Hollywood knowing all those people, and he decided to become an actor himself. So that's the story behind him. You know, I missed him. He, he died in 1990, but uh, when we took our trip to the BK trip out to Hollywood in 2017, mm-hmm. I wish it had been earlier because he owned a uh, a restaurant out there on in the middle of L.A. called Alan Hale's Lobster Barrel, and it was a seafood restaurant. And they'd say he was <laughs> he was there almost all the time. And I'm like, I would have had to have had to change of shorts if I Alan Hale had come out while I was eating the food and went. <laughs> buddy how do you like that lobster i'd be like oh my god he <laughs> told me here. little buddy because he would always to the day he died he wore the skipper hat still and everything he was identified as that and i always heard he was a, a wonderful warm human being mm. he went to see a uh, he, he visited kids in the hospital and i remember one of the stories about him that said there was this one kid had cancer he was going to talk to this kid so he's very very sick and he was talking to this kid the kid was just enamored he's like i can't believe you came to see me it's so great and the kid was just brightened up and they say things like that help them help their treatment good vibes and good feelings make them feel better and uh, at the very end he goes i cannot believe that you came to see me captain kangaroo i love you and alan hell being the guy he was he said it was good to see you and the and and, and remember captain kangaroo loves you and he left he did not correct the kid. Well, good. And I thought Why that was a you? fantastic thing to do. And Mr. Green Gene sends his regards. He did. He, he didn't. He, and it was a frivolous lawsuit. He sued over that. <laughs> no, he didn't. Uh, 2019, we lost somebody else. Daryl Dragon passed away on this day in 2019, American I'm not musician. Familiar he with is Darryl the captain Dragon. in Captain Antennial. Ah. From that the would 70s, explain it. that was his name, and he passed. I think he had problems with Parkinson's. So we lost two skippers on this. Uh, captains. Captains of, of, of a ship. And uh, oh, look at look at this. What was the number one film today? I hereby sentence you to serve 125 years. Have you got the right case? Columbia Pictures presents Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. I have a head overhaul for listening to you. Together again in Stir Crazy. Oh, I can't feel nothing in my life. One's a little too good. That's Grossberger, the biggest mass murder in the history of the Southwest. Nobody has ever just sat down and honestly talked with that man. Hello. One's not quite bad enough. They got this Korean doctor just set foot in this country. Make sure you don't get him. He's the one made the mistake on me. Korean. How do you go? That's the cat did me. Could you actually become involved, I mean, romantically, with a prisoner? Absolutely not. Oh, I didn't think so. Excuse me, will you? I'll come with you. Oh, shit. Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor in Stir Crazy. Only these two guys could dress up like woodpeckers and get framed for robbing a bank. Stir Crazy. That's right, that's right, we're bad. Imagine all the possibilities. Well, we're crazy. We're stir crazy. We're stir crazy. What a good Funny flick. movie. Saw it in a theater in 1981. Actually, I think it was my fir- first film I ever saw them team up with as, as a kid. It's the first one I actually saw. I know they were teaming up before that. 
Uh, birthdays today, Isaac Asimov, sci-fi writer and legend. He died in 1992. It's his birthday today. I mean, he, he was from Russia. Uh, it's actor Dabney Coleman's birthday today, a funny guy. And televangelist Jim Baker's birthday today. Ugh. You say that to some kids Jim today. and Tammy Faye. Say, say that to kids. They don't know who you're talking about. Tia Carrera. Let's wait a minute. Mm. Tia Carrera from Wayne's World and True Lies. It's her birthday today. She's a singer. And Kate Bosworth. She played Lois Lane in Superman Returns and several other movies. It's her birthday today as well. We'll tell you what national day it is today. There's four of them. Uh, some of them we understand why. It's BK on there. We'll tell you those when we come back. Merlin's a game that you can play. You can play it six different ways. Some like to play at tic-tac-toe. Others can test their skill at echo. Some play a tune on Music Machine or try to play Blackjack 13. Merlin is six electronic games in one. It's really fun for most everyone in the family. Six pin light batteries not included. With lights and sounds. Six games in one. Merlin's a game that's lots of fun. Merlin, six electronic games in one. From Parker Brothers. Yeah, for some reason or another, you sound a little taller on radio. <laughs> Dumbass. And now back to the guy who knows no limit on self-promotion. It's BK on the air. Hey, that's right. It's the new show of 2021. It's a new year. It's BK on the air here. Back with you on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. You know, we were talking about this day in history, and we're talking about 1981, what the number one song was, and that Stir Crazy was the number one movie mm-hmm. out in the theaters. That's 40 years ago, 1981. That's one of those, this is one of those instances where the four plus years between you and I back then meant a Make lot. Make a huge I was, difference. I was 15 years old in 1981, and you were 11. 11. Not even so, 11. In so the start of 81, I was 10. You're still a 10-year-old, so that would that would have been the big difference back then about what we could go out and What's do. What's the difference between a 10 and, and a 15-year-old? Uh-huh. Nothing, nothing today, <laughs> but back then it meant something, I think. Prison? I don't know. That's t- that's terrible. <laughs> I was, I was, well, I say I was learner, learner permitting driving, which at 15 you had your learner's permit. It's a huge no, difference. I was driving long before that without a driver's license, and that's terrible. But I did, I started really driving when I was 13 and 14 years old. When you think old. about it, you were 33% older than I was. 33%, and still am. Well, no, now it's a lot smaller percentage. <laughs> Which is smaller, yeah, but it still it doesn't make much difference now. It, now we're just remember old. Remember the old Abbott and Costello routine that they talked about how math and percentages can be used for, for I mem- comedy? See, I remember the uh, remember the who's on first baseball thing, but okay. I don't know if I remember that So there was one, one where he goes, <laughs> goes, if you're 40 years old, because the guy was like, well, she's 10, I'll, she'll eventually catch up to me. He's like, well, how can she catch up? She's 10 years old. <laughs> right. He goes, well, I'm 40 right now. She's 10. That means I'm four times older than her. But if I wait five years, now I'm 45, she's 15, I'm only three times older. I wait 15 <laughs> okay. more years, now I'm 60, she's 30, I'm only twice as old as she is okay it's like if i don't marry her pretty soon she's gonna catch up and pass me wow i think that was his veiled way of just saying he's a dirty old man is what it was well no it was just funny <laughs> it's kind of they did the same thing with like how many vacuums you would have to sell and oh, mathematically really? that was so funny <laughs> another great comedy team uh, Abbott great, Costello. Great. today it's national something day every day is always national, national something, something. Day. and i know some people hate these they're like that's just silly they make every day a national something day well you know what i report them on this show because i think they're cool and if they do anything they make you aware of something which yeah. i think is a fine no thing problem to do. that one problem today is national to some folks 
folks' chagrin of what's going on in the country right now, today is National Buffet Day. Mm. So those are could, those are dying, <laughs> and they're dying, but they're they're opening back up. I've noticed two or three that have that have opened and they're really? open right now. Yeah, and I couldn't believe that. Some of them are open. This they named this one after my dog. This today is National Cream Puff Day. <laughs> Cause she's a cream puff. She's not. She's not mean. She's she'll just roll over for anything. She's not the. She's no belligerence in her whatsoever. So National Cream Puff Day today. Today is National Personal Trainer Awareness Day today. <laughs> be aware. Yeah, be aware if you know one. She's quiet. She's around. Yeah, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't do put, the pizza, put the pizza. Put the pizza. Put the pizza away. I she can do goes push. I can do push-ups if there's a pizza on the floor when I take a bite and go down. <laughs> I can do push-ups all day that way. Did you see those videos where, like, the wine workout? Where, like, when you come to the sit-up, you get a sip of one, wine, yeah. you lay back down, come back for Just a sit-up, drink a sip of wine. Put whatever you want down there. That's cool. And today is, of all days, today on Isaac Asimov's birthday today. Today is National Science Fiction Day today. Oh, good. Sorry, miss. I was giving myself an oil job. So, and we could talk that all day. You know, too. the whole idea that we hear about the principle of what robots should do, like the laws, the three laws of, of robots, that came yep. from Isaac Asimov. He did come up with those, yes. To did. try to keep artificial intelligence from taking over, that we would have to build in the three laws of robotics. One of them has something to do with never harm. Um, right. a human I will being. never allow to harm, nor by my. It's what Lance Henriksen yeah. kind of reinstates yeah. in aliens. It's great. I cannot, I cannot harm, it. nor by my actions allow a human to be harmed. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. Put, put that My behavioral little, inhibitors. They <laughs> they didn't put those. They put them in. They put them in Bishop and Aliens. They put them in Data in mm-hmm. Star Trek. Seemed to not be a a really pressing issue in the T one thousand robots in Terminator. They didn't seem to want to do that because it was built by robots to begin with. Yeah. So it didn't really matter. That rules completely out the window. So, what are your prime directives? Serve the public trust. Protect the innocent. Uphold the law. Yeah, well, since it is National Science Fiction Day today, let's do this story. I thought this was really cool. From Kim Lyons at TheVerge.com, and it's at other outlets. That's just the one I got it from. The ashes of James Doohan, Scotty from Star Trek, are now aboard the International Space Station. Why is that a story now since he died many years ago? Well, I'll tell you. His ashes, he's the guy who played the chief engineer Montgomery Scott on the original Star Trek television series, have been aboard the they've been aboard the national the international space station for 12 years and the times of london has the fascinating backstory of how it happened Doohan died in 20 2005 at the age of 85 and his family wanted to fulfill his wish of getting on the iss official requests to bring Doohan's ashes on the iss were denied but richard garriott one of the first private citizens to travel on the space station managed to smuggle some of Doohan's ashes into space uh, into the space station's columbus module Garriott said that he took a laminate a laminated picture of Duhan and some of his ashes and put it under the floor of the Columbus. He didn't tell anyone about the scheme. Only he and Duhan's family knew until now. He said it was completely clandestine, he told the Times. His family were very pleased that the ashes made it up there, but we were all disappointed that we didn't get to talk about it publicly for so long. Now enough time has passed that we can, unquote. It's not the first time Duhan's ashes have made it into the heavens. A portion of his ashes were aboard SpaceX's Falcon 1 rocket in, 20, in 2008, but that rocket failed Minutes after launch. Oops. And could you imagine what Scotty would have said? I give it it all it's got and it crashed. In 2012. I believe the lithium crystals are fading, <laughs> yes, Captain. Like, in 2012, an urn with some of Duhan's ashes flew into space aboard the SpaceX Falcon 9. How many ashes does he have? I think they've 
spread them out a little bit. According to the Times, Duhan's ashes have traveled some 1.7 billion miles across space and have orbited the Earth more than 70,000 times. Duhan's son, Chris, thanked Garrett, Garrett for smuggling his late father's ashes aboard the ISS. Quote, what he did was touching. It meant so much to me, so much to my family, and would have been so much meant so much to my dad, he said. Years after his death, Scotty really is still boldly going... Well, you know the rest. <laughs> so, well, look. Yeah, if you can bring a, a Grogu doll on board SpaceX to go to the space station, why can't you have the ashes? Or of James one Dewey? of the actress, one of the astronauts, can wear a next generation uniform like one of them did in front mm-hmm. of the, in front of the Earth doing the Vulcan salute. Yeah, you can do that. Star Trek's got that connection and always will. I would think space. so. I mean, William Shatner's already been quoted saying, "I want to go be one of the first people going to space." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Well, you're old. It might it might kill you." He goes. So what? <laughs> I'm ready to go. What a way to go out. What a way to go. Captain Kirk, on reentry, <laughs> didn't make it back. He's like, hey, that, 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 that'd be... Uh, you I and I talked about out, it. If they were to great. ever have the ability where we could afford just the weekend oh, yeah. as, to say we was in space, yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I, can't say, I can't think of anybody not wanting to do that. I mean, we've been wanting to do it for hundreds well, of years, going you to space. I, you are in a different like, group of people. <laughs> Now, now I understand some people might not be able to do it because of certain medical problems, or because some people can't fly in a plane because of medical problems. So you may it may keep you from doing it. But yeah, how cool would it be to be able to come back and go, "Wow, I've been to outer space." Well, it was just outside the Earth's atmosphere, Mike. That's outer space. <laughs> That's in space. I've you been know, there. When we interviewed the astronaut James Kim, or, uh, uh, Kimbrough, was uh, Shane Kimbrough? Yeah, he goes, I, "I won't." He goes, "I can't lie to you." The first time I was riding the rocket. I was smiling the whole time. I'm like, I'm in a rocket. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? He didn't mean he was smiling because the G-forces were pulling his no, face back. No, it was just that was like happening giddy. Too. And he said, <laughs> NASA builds this, which I thought was kind of a cool little behind the scenes. He said, NASA builds in when everybody has their first spacewalk, you need about five minutes before you can focus on what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah, sure. Because he goes, yeah. it doesn't matter how disciplined, sure. how much you've practiced, how much you've been in the tanks and worked about, all right, my job is to now float over and fix this piece of whatever. I push the this minute, button and stuff, The yeah. minute you're out there and you see the Earth, you're like, I can't focus on anything right now. So they, they build in like, take take five minutes, enjoy yeah, this. Take a take a moment. Take a moment. We know you need to. We need. We know you need to. Which soak I think is kind of cool to hear that. You know that everybody, even if you're an astronaut, yeah. it's just jaw dropping to watch you. You're floating around the Earth. Yeah. Oh, at seventeen thousand miles an hour, just some amazing. Of orbit but speeds for you. You don't feel amazing. it. No. But it's got to be like a kick, and, and I've, I've I've heard astronauts say, "I've been into space more than once, and it's always spectacular every time it happens because of what it what what it is. It's just mm-hmm. a momentous thing to to be able to do." Yeah, you know. Well, I if I could do it, I would. I mean, there's no way that I could say, "Nah, I don't think I want to do that." <laughs> no, <laughs> I couldn't imagine myself going. No, nah, I don't want to go into space. What? That's something I don't for what? Just the it. weekend? Yeah, nah, nah, I got I better things to do now. As we know, as time marches, a Marvel marathon. On. T- yeah, Harry <laughs> Potter's on. There's a <laughs> as time marches on, much like with computers, um, home audio equipment like VCRs, laser discs, uh, uh, Blu-ray players, flat screen televisions. That will cut the space trip will come down in price because mm-hmm. once it becomes prevalent and people do it a lot. And, and they find nicer ways to cut costs and learn how to do it right and lower the cost, people will be able to do it. In our, I don't know if our – in our lifetime, I like to think so, we'd be able to do it. But we get this. We may reach the point where we are basically too old to do it. 
Oh. There's a there's an age cutoff. It's like okay, we we turn seventy, and they're like we're now ready to take people affordably into space. That's great, Alan. We get to go. Cut off age is sixty nine. Sixty nine. I just missed it by that much. By that much. <laughs> That's where I'll look into the old ways of going. Can you uh, can you forge a false ID for me? <laughs> I never you had one in beer? college. No, now it's about time to me catch up. <laughs> it's not beer. You're old enough to drink. Yeah, but I'm too old to fly in space. Too old to fly in space. <laughs> I need that to makes no sense. First ID in history. You want to be younger. <laughs> now that article that article cha- uh, quoted um, what's his name? His son, Chris. Chris Duhan. Uh, Chris was very fortunate because he got he supported star trek and all of his father's endeavors which was great but if you watch remember the scene in the first star trek film called star trek the motion picture where uh, and i know some people don't like it they call it star trek the motionless picture i don't i'd like <laughs> it though you say what you want about it just saw it in a theater last year again um the crowd scene where kirk is going to address the crew on the wreck deck to tell them about this cloud that's headed toward earth and it's going to destroy the solar system when it gets here Every almost everyone in that hundreds of extras out there are all Star Trek fans that they sent out saying, "Hey, you want to be in the movie? Come and you can be in the scene with Kirk uh, addressing you." And most of those are fans. One of them up front is James Doohan's son. He's standing right up front. Oh wow! In Starfleet uniforms, along with um, David Gerald, who originally wrote the, the Tribbles episode. He's in the shot. A lot of these people from Star Trek and, and fans were in that shot. Now, had I been old enough back then, it would have been great for me to be able to do that. That would have been great. Because not only are you there, you're in a scene with Cap- with Admiral Kirk, mm-hmm. you know, addressing you. And it wasn't shoot his scenes and shoot theirs. There's a shot of him over his shoulder with them there. They didn't shoot it separately, so it was cool. Little John Lennon with Just Like Starting Over. That was the number one song 40 years ago on the radio in 1981. We were talking about it before we went to a break early on about just how many years ago 1981 was. Well, from MeTV, I've got a story right here that they did Favorite Foods. That first appeared 40 years ago in 1981. It came out. I will tell you, when I was still years ago. doing like m- lunches, like as a middle schooler, or even as an elementary, late middle, late elementary, middle school, the big thing that was, uh, that, and it's got to be getting close to or already past 70 years, was fruit roll-ups. Right, yeah. I and those, yeah. Um, uh, granola bars. Like all yeah. the different kind of like the chocolate chip flavored granola bar. Like the, they, they were granola, bars, but they yeah. were like sweet treats for the oh, kid. Yeah. I love the peanut butter. It was going to be healthy one. for you, yeah. right? The one that was peanut butter and oats and honey. That was I eat that and I'm like, what's healthy about this? It tastes like oh, a candy awesome. bar. It's great. But I just remember <laughs> as a kid, I would always have a granola bar, and especially when they were. What was the one that had a chocolate covered granola bar? I don't know. I can't remember, but I know. Oh, I know but I remember exactly it was like those were the about. best. Because it was and like a candy bar, a billion but, it, brands but you were convinced it was good for you because it was granola. But I was like, but it's a chocolate bar with granola and, in it. And you're, and we're kids. What do we care about what's good for us at that point? We don't have to worry about that for another 35 years. Right. Now, we have to, now we have to watch what we eat sometimes. We're like, oh, I can't have all of that I want anymore. I, I miss the days where I could eat as much as I want and not care Aww. when you're a kid. I mean, kids can. It's still not good for them, but they can handle it better than we can right now. Because you stuffed yourself. Over well, the next you say of days. that. I've seen some kids that aren't as active as they need oh, to be. Well, no, I know that. There's always going to be our ages when we grew up. It was like kid. playground two, three times every day, running around, chasing, doing. And you things. burned it all off, right? You did. Yeah, riding your bike all over the place. There was no mom. Can I have a ride? Oh, I was like, you want to go see your friend? Ride your bike. <laughs> I had so much fun riding my bike, and little did I know that it was helping me physically. I, hadn't, I didn't even think about that. No, it was but freedom. I could, do it. I could go I wherever could do I wanted. It. 
And if you'd let me, I could have I would, I could have rode that thing in one day like a couple of hundred miles. You had to come get me. I'd be so far away. I'm like I use my bike down the road. all the time. <laughs> I remember the one time I went so far because we were we were picking up uh, bottles to because oh, in, yeah. in Michigan you get ten cents a bottle and I was like hey we that went happened in Alabama too like three oh, yeah. miles and I remember I called my mom I was like hey guess where we are she was what I'm like we're over and she's like oh my god how did You're you get where? there <laughs> like well we kept going further and further picking up yeah. bottles and we got yeah. all the way over and. So we had to ride our bikes back, we and my mom was like, I can't believe how far you guys went. We need to cash in these bottles. How else am I going to get my comic books and my trading cards I would get I Big League Chew and Sprees <laughs> and Sweet Tarts. Oh, my God, we would do that all the time. i go in there, pop me a... Pop me a, get me a can of Mountain Dew with uh, or Mellow Yellow, uh, buy one co- comic book, Spider Man, whoever I needed to get, and one pack of space dust to crackle in my mouth, and I was mm. set for like a couple of days. I was ready to go. Drink that drink, hit this, hit the s- 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 popping candy, and read Spider Man's adventures from the very, uh, very grocery true store. All of those things. Oh, I'm stu- that's, that's what the show's for. That's yeah. what we just talked about. That's the whole purpose of this show was what we just talked about. And also the thing we hit it on earlier about the theaters going away, which we hope doesn't do. We hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, keep it's, hoping. It's BK on there. I've got the where people want to travel this year in 2021. i got the destinations list, too. And you can probably find Star Trek Enterprise chairs at a yard sale. I'll tell you how to do that, too, it's, uh, when we come back. BK on the air. Sabotage. Aye, and a thorough job. The system's foolproof. Whoever murdered Watkins sabotaged this. You said it was fused. How? Well, that's what worries me. Worries, Mr. Scott? Well, it's fused, all right, but whatever did this is still aboard this ship. I fail to understand why you canceled the security alert. Little Scotty there from Star Trek. Always, uh, if you if you if you wanted anybody on your side on your ship, it was Scotty because he always knew the Enterprise left, right, upside down, right side up, diagonally, backwards and forwards. It was it was really his ship. Kirk was just using it. Well, even then, it was beyond that. It. It's like he always knew how to manipulate what needed to be done to get the extra boost, the power. It's like he was one of those guys you can imagine growing up was always tinkering with something. Even if it was told it, we can't do that, that's impossible. Well. Let me give it to Scotty. Give me three hours. Give it to Scotty. <laughs> Maybe he can uh, he can find out. Uh, it is a new year. It's 2021. It's BK on the air, the first uh, show of the year. I have a sto- another story here from Courtney Moore from Fox News. It says, Consumer Survey shows which travel destinations people want to visit now in 2021, especially if this thing gets lifted and we can start traveling again, get back to normal, uh, which would be really Great. In fact, 70% of the U.S. travelers said they plan to take a vacation in 2021. And that's what's been going on last year. That's a pretty high group of people, 70%, compared to the people who haven't been traveling at all because of it. This is according to a new survey from the Travelers, the Travel Leaders Group and World Travel and Tourism Council, two global private sector advisory firms that focus on travel and tourism activities. Of course, they are those who said they'd like to have a vacation next year. 45% of them have already arranged plans, but 54% are at least thinking about travel. The top three international travel destinations in America are likely to flock toward, and I have them broken down here into uh, one is the first one is 38%, the second one is 34%, the third is 15%, according to the survey. Want to take a stab at what the first uh, first area is they would like to go. Now, they're breaking it down here by... Um, but it's international, so international, outside of the United global, States. Global places. Um, yeah. Which so would be weird, but I think, I know the one my wife wants to go to is Italy. Okay, well that would that would that would count because their first thirty eight percent would like to go to Europe. This Europe, okay, Europe. Yeah. Okay. 
thirty-four uh, percent. The second one is the care as the Caribbean, which another that great was my place other guess. But I was like figuring and some fifteen percent coming in at third is Mexico, because huh. I think it's kind of close. You can get there. And that's according to the survey. Central and South America, Australia, Africa, and Asia were next on the list after all of those. Travelers from the U.S. also expressed interest in visiting Canada. Don't know why, but that's fine. No, I'm kidding. I don't want to make anybody mad living in Canada. Don't want to make you, don't want to make you mad. However, when it comes down to domestic travel, Americans still share their desire to visit uncrowded spaces that can offer outdoor or beach-related experiences, including national parks in Florida, Hawaii, Alaska, and California. Even if there wasn't COVID and a pandemic thing going on, I still gravitate toward the un- uncrowded spaces. <laughs> I don't want to go where there's a bunch of people anyway, even when it's uh, at its height. I mean, one of my favorite places to go is the beach, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere preferably on the Gulf of Mexico. I really don't care what state it's in, just so I'm on the Gulf, because that's a beautiful... The Gulf beaches are so beautiful, I can't even explain it. They always make the list of, as some of the beautiful beaches, most beautiful beaches in the world, the continental U.S. on the Gulf of Mexico. Well, I definitely enjoy uh, being able to go to the coast. We haven't been to the beach in, in a few years. It's always good for a vacation, but I will tell you, in the last couple of years, because it's been tight... Um, the camping, just being outdoors, just doing something outdoors has been fun. Well, that would count as the um, as the uh, local thing, mm-hmm. staying within the country, just doing that. But I think even the, people are going to get away, and they, they've been. I think families have been taking advantage of that during the the pandemic thing, which is great because you're already living with each other. Why not just go out and camp together because you're still together? I'll tell you, the 2020. I said this in my show uh, earlier. If it didn't refocus priorities, I don't know what more it would take. We did a lot more of the game nights with kids, spent time with our kids, made sure that we had time to talk, you know, that gathering, family dinners, things like yeah. that. That that you know, it's great when you want to go out and buy toys and, and play with new things, but the the togetherness was really important. And that I would I would say that is the one positive that came out of all this is everybody coming together probably as a family at that point and starting eating at the dinner table again it made us stay inside for better for worse pro or con whether you like it or not that's the good that will have come out of this and i think a lot of people got back into gardening if you remember march april may i know we did huge a lot of people were into well we can't go anywhere we might as well work on the lawn or plant a garden or do something yeah and then it's it rolled in for us we started doing a lot of home improvement things like hey we're not going to move but we want to make the house better and so you took the time to because there was nothing else you could do so, and, we, and we took advantage of it because we are going to move eventually. We are we are have future plans within the next seven or eight years, maybe six years, to sell our home, and we're getting it ready to go. I used this time just two or three weeks ago. We got a new paint job on the house, brand new gutters, all the debris from the from the storms that had hit us over the past six months. Mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, let's just wait because there may be another storm. I don't want to pay them three times to come out to <laughs> remove all this thing. So in one swift, it, it was like it was like Grand Moff Tarkin. We removed all of the debris in one mm-hmm. swift stroke. One and they all came stroke. out and removed, made everything look great, got rid I even got had them get rid of stuff that I thought might be a, a problem later. I'm like, see anything? How about that tree? Let's just get rid of that because right. I don't like that one here. I had two smaller. I don't know what the. I don't know trees. I don't know the name of them, but there were the smaller trees that were growing up on each corner of my front porch, and then I had new. I had new pest control going on to come out to take care of you know put out termite things and, and spray and things. And he goes, you know, those trees are nice that you have on each corner of your porch, but they're uh, they're ladders for ants and stuff. They'll just go up the trees and just come on your house, and things mm-hmm. will come up. They, they'll, they'll just walk up them, and they're because they're actually touching our house and stuff. So I'm like, get rid of them. 
I said, I said, it's okay. You can actually see our house better from the road now because when it was first built, they put a lot of landscaping right in the immediate front of it. And I'm like, well, we still have the hedges and stuff around the porches. Let's just get rid of the trees because I don't want pests on the house anymore. We'll get rid of that. So we did a lot of um, sprucing up of the old house, gave it a facelift, cleaned out the attic. Now, this is an attic that was full of stuff from a previous marriage before I even knew her. So... It was all gone. Our attic is empty now. The only things up there is insulation and the and the uh, air conditioning unit. You don't have any like decorations Bam. and things. Like? Nothing. We keep all that in the basement. Oh, okay. we got stuff in the basement. Now the basement's another issue. We got that, that. We tackle that next because there's a lot of. We thought the attic put it all was in worth, the put it all in the attic clears up the yeah, basement. What couldn't go in the attic went to the basement. I'm like, okay, so there's a lot of stuff down there, and the you know, garage is going to be cleaned. You out say too, that so. one of the things I know I've got to do and bring and, clean. and if you do it small, like if you know you're not moving right away, right? I keep thinking to myself. If I just did a box a weekend, just just go randomly grab whatever's it'll be, this box. It'll be gone. Yeah. That's fifty-two boxes by the end of the year. You know how awesome yeah. that would be, and it would look great. And we and we were we had the old rule. You know, if we haven't touched it, seen it, and it's got dust on it in a year, it's gone. Because why why do we have it? Now I understand photo albums to. are different. So yeah. I need so, to that my my love of yeah. technology and the thing is it goes so fast. I go upstairs and I'm looking at cables that connect electronic equipment that will never be used just again. antiquated now you like of there's them. no everybody uses hdmi for everything like i don't need any of the other cables yeah. that we used to have to have i used to keep everything just in case yeah. i had a whole box full of the rca coaxial cables and i'm like i don't know now at, at the time i put them aside uh, we, we were using them you could right. use them for stuff but not not anymore it's gotten to the point not where now. why keep it and i need to, i just need to be good better about it we did we did some pruning of stuff well, i mean you had no choice this past year right what else were you going to do yeah and um, it's something else that we did because we know, well, if we wait, if you keep putting stuff off like that, as old as we are now, time will get away from us. And like, oh, five years has passed; it's gone, and you haven't done anything. Right? Get do you want to move now? now? Well, I guess we should have been getting the house ready. Got two weeks <laughs> to get ready. There's no way to do it uh, to cram all. I, in. I look at our stuff and I go, if we were told an opportunity of a lifetime was offered, you're going to have to sell your house and pack everything up. I go, oh dear lord, that's a lot of stuff yeah. to pack up. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta prune, gotta prune. Well, and the good thing about it is, is the, the, the new house that we're going to eventually move to, which we already have, just waiting for us, it's smaller. So, and, and, and we did that purposely. We're like, we're not going to need all this stuff. Yeah, we're, I we're, thought that we're, too. We're, sco- we're scoping down. We're getting better at it. And things that I thought that I loved that I collected, which is another one with collecting things. I got rid of a lot of stuff that I just go, you know, that's nice. And it was fun when I was collecting that. But I'm getting rid of it. I'm going to sell it. Because I know somebody would, would like to have it, so so we've been pretty smart at it. So this has been a good housekeeping home yeah. talk with uh, <laughs> BK and Allen. So yeah, listen, this is not real estate second Saturday. What are we doing <laughs> next week when we'll talk about? Actually, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if some of those <laughs> things do continue into twenty twenty one. I think people will still do the 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 gardening. If you've already created the garden, why not do it? it? And we'll yeah. continue. I love it. I love having fresh vegetables. Just to me. You can't beat it. You can't beat that you spend time to just plant, and then after that, it's just right. keep an eye on the weeds, fertilize everything. But, I mean, we were getting tomatoes all the time. We were getting, uh, like, we had okra coming out of our ears. We had peppers. I mean, I was having, you know, we were we, we put bags just in the freezer so right. they wouldn't, you know, Well, you know, you know what rot. else good is going to come out of this is uh, hygiene. Maybe the people will stick with that, too. Now, I hope granted, so. they'll go, they'll forget and lapse back into it. But there's something, knock wood, knock on this uh, studio table here. I was sick February of last year, but I think I was coming off of a flu or something. I don't think I had COVID, but because I would have known it. 
uh, I have uh, flu and everything else is down because of this because everyone's washing their hands and stuff. It's right. great. All that's down, keep, which is keep fantastic. It that way. And I haven't gotten sick in over a year. Yeah, almost knock over on a year wood. Now. Yeah, and I well, love it. I know? mentioned to somebody I haven't been significantly like ill where I have to take time off of work or go I've to had, a doctor or something. I've yeah. had two. I've had to be out of work twice in 20 years, both times because it came down with pneumonia. You have, really? I had pneumonia well, see, twice. That's, that's because your parents rocketed you here before their planet Krypton blew up, and they had to get you here in time. But I've had two. <laughs> that's not to say I haven't had a yeah. sniffle. Right. Or, you know, you wake up that morning, you're like, oh, my, I got kind of that yeah. irritated, kind of a, kind of a uh, we call it like a, a an, um, uh, sore throat, but not more about... Yeah. You feel like you're coming down, but you fight it. That's one thing. I haven't nasty, been you had a so nasty sick. Case of the hiccups one day. That wasn't really. I haven't been to the point where like I gotta just stay <laughs> home for a week. <laughs> well, I hope that continues because I don't like that and I don't want to be. Well, sick you know, anyway, part so. of it is I love so much what I'm doing. I don't want to be out. Well, I'm sick right now because the show's over. Aww, <laughs> that's a different kind of sick though. And Guess I'll what? Be, Can we do it next week? I hope. We'll, I Can hope we start we'll. the next season episode Nothing two. Nothing is guaranteed, but I'm planning on being here. How about you? Me too. <laughs> it's 2021. It's a new year. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Alan, thanks for being with me as usual. Happy New Year. We will be back. Listen to the podcast, the BK on the Air podcast on SoundCloud, Anchor, and YouTube. I turned it into a podcast. See you next week. Give it up. Podcast Magazine presents the Hot 50 Countdown. Hi, it's Rob Actis, host of the podcast magazine Hot 50 Countdown. Join me as I count them down from 50 to number one, the top 50 podcasts in the land as determined by you, the podcast fans. From true crime, society and culture, self-help, health and fitness, science, and every podcast category in between. The Hot 50 Countdown is here. 